0: Greetings, welcome to the OnTIC Protective Intelligence Podcast. I'm Chuck Randolph, OnTIC's Executive Director of Strategic Intelligence. From 30 years as a military officer to transforming corporate executive protection, event security and intelligence services teams to function beyond their traditional roles, protection, risk management, intelligence and threat mitigation have been front and center throughout my career. This podcast series will explore the turbulent world of risk, security, and protection through conversations with leaders and innovators in the field. Now, on to the discussion. Author William Gibson said, we have no future because our present is too volatile. We have only risk management, the spinning of the given moment scenarios, pattern recognition. This week we have Josh Massey, who is the department manager of the MITRE Corporation's Enterprise Security Assurance Department. Josh is responsible for establishing, executing, supervising, and directing the implementation and oversight of MITRE's insider threat program and strategic protection initiatives across six federally funded research and development centers. He works in the field of defense and intelligence, aviation, civil agency modernization, homeland security. Healthcare and cybersecurity. Josh came to MITRE in 2014 with 13 years of federal civil military service, including law enforcement, operations, counterintelligence, executive protection, counterterror, anti-terror force protection, and he has a government career that spans roles in Department of Defense, Department of Homeland Security, among other additional assignments within the intelligence community. Josh Massey, welcome to OnTIC's Protective Intelligence Podcast.
1: Absolutely Chuck, thank you for having me and I'm looking forward to the conversation.
0: yeah, you know Josh, you and I have talked and you know it's we're two folks it's it's very difficult to get our schedules uh, sorted out so I think this is probably take three or four um but we've had several animated conversations off mic, so to speak, in which we talked about ideas about convergence how and and how risk folks can be better together, so to speak. um I'm curious though from your background, Uh, From the Air Force to um, Homeland Security as a special agent for the Department of Commerce and now as a department manager at MITRE, what have you learned on that journey in terms of a joint or converged effort to battle risk and to, uh, to monitor for it?
1: Yeah, I think, um, you know, going back, you know, as my last government services, as, you know, a federal agent, um, you know, a lot of times in the investigative world, folks talk about follow the money. And I I think in this this century, it's really, you know, follow the ones and the zeros. Um, You know, I can't recall a single investigation that I worked where the The cyber component wasn't a a huge part of it, both, you know, uh, at an individual level, their tradecraft and certainly in the investigations that I worked that involved nation state actors, um, you know, their their use of cyber tradecraft. And not just, you know, the the violation of of federal laws, but just the collection, the exfiltration of data, um, you know, seeing the the trusted insider. Uh, sometimes unwittingly, very oftentimes unwittingly used to scout and identify, you know, where data may be or where, you know, the resources or the assets that an adversary is looking for. And then going after those with, a, you know, a cyber tool and, and or vice versa, uh, seeing, you know, cyber lateral movement kind of um, scanning and identifying the individuals that are most valuable.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I think it's interesting. You said something that made me think of a discussion I had a few weeks ago with another practitioner, in which we all come from different backgrounds. Maybe it's a .dot le, meaning law enforcement, or .dot com, you know, commercial, or .dot mil, military, .dot gov, government, whatever. And as intelligence professionals and risk professionals, each of those domains have a different outcome, a different approach. Let's say. From a three-letter agency, we just might want to sit back and see where it goes. Maybe if we're uh, with somebody that's more of a law enforcement slant, we need to figure out who's who and make arrests. Where oftentimes in the dot-com space, we just want it to go away. I mean, how, with that in mind, and in, in that myriad of background, how do you get all that straight in your head? Especially, you know, where you sit now, and you're, you're you know, you're advising corporations. Across the board, big and small as how to look at these these threats.
1: Yeah, that's the you know the great thing about mitre and what I, what I've loved about it and and these eight years have just flown by. you know Mitre has an opportunity to work across all of those domains, all of those sectors, um, you know those those organizations, those agencies, they bring us their toughest technical problems and and we work on those problems in the public interest. Uh, our goal is to solve those problems for a safer world. Uh, but we're sitting at this very unique vantage point where we can look across and we can see all of those dialogues, all of those discussions, and kind of put that picture together. Uh, very early on in in my career with MITRE, I remember uh, our senior vice president at the time kind of explaining what MITRE does, and 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 the the vignette or example you know he gave was that um, you know the customer comes to us and asks a question, um, and the answer sometimes is. That's not the right question. The question you should be asking is um and that's, you know, really again we this unique vantage point where we can help those customers say, "Yeah, here's the question you asked, and here's that, you know, answer within your domain, but you should be considering all these other things as well." This is how you're going to have a more robust well-rounded defense, how you can have an integrated defense. Um, and we see yeah. you know several of the products and the and and the frameworks and the thoughts that Miter has put out there kind of driving those uh, connecting those dots together, connecting breaking down those silos and getting uh, different functional uh, pieces of the organization working together in a coherent uh, defense.
0: yeah, I think that's very interesting. you know we we both have a background from the military and, and big military officers, and I've often said, one of the the greatest things I learned as a military officer is the approach to solving the problem. Uh, what I mean by that is we, and you probably experienced this a lot, your clients come in and they say, I need you to solve this. But just as you eloquently said, you know, maybe lean back and say, well, how are we approaching that? You know, f- uh, five minus one is four, but three plus one is four as well. So approach matters. Uh, because there's unintended consequences and all all things that we need to think about in terms of solving these problems. So you know, it must be very, I don't know if I would say difficult, but it must be very complex sometimes to walk into organizations, deal with decision makers who are very smart. But when it comes to this idea of threat, especially in the digital landscape, trying to educate them as to, hey, here, you know, you want to solve for this, but you really need to consider all these approach vectors so that you don't have you know you don't like i said you don't have unforeseen issues
1: yeah I, I i'll tell you you know first you know i i sit in 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 a again uh a unique and and advantageous position where you know supporting the corporation from a corporate perspective um i don't have to have those difficult conversations uh you know i surround myself with lots of folks that are much much smarter than i they're out there having those conversations, but I'm able to reap the benefits of that. Um, But corporately, you know, we place a lot of emphasis on just being a trusted advisor. Um, And when we talk about risk decisions, risk discussions, you know, that trusted advisor role is really, you know, I I think a very good terminology to describe what we're trying to do. You know, Josh,
0: how do you, how do you become that, you know, you, hit that, you hear that word whether you're in the physical space or the digital space or the risk space. And, you know, I think largely risk is a trust-based, you know, industry. So, A, how do you become the trusted advisor and how do you not get kicked out of the room after the disaster has happened?
1: You know, I think a lot of it comes down to, you know, building that trust through transparency. Um. You know, I think a lot of times as leaders, especially, you know, senior leaders, you know, we perceive this need to be strong, um, to not show weakness, uh, to not, you know, um, waver. Um, but I think there is a lot of power in being vulnerable, um, admitting when we don't know something. Um, you know, this, this is what we know. These are the things we don't know. And uh, this is what we're going to do to help fill in those gaps. Um, but at this point in time, this is what I recommend. And, and you know, as we're able to fill in the gaps, we may come back with some different recommendations. And, you know, I think that 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 honesty really builds that trust and confidence, you know, that, that when someone hears that, um, that you're not just blowing, you know, a bunch of hot air at them, um, but you are comfortable in your own assessments and your data that you can identify the limitations of your judgments. Um, you know, that really builds that trust.
0: You know, um Secretary of State, you know, General Colin Powell once said um the words, I don't know, but I'll find out, have have power. You know, obviously that that sends a statement that, hey, I'm being honest to let you know that I don't know the answer to this problem, but I'm also indicating that I'll follow up. And obviously, you know, at that point, then you have the issue. I need to follow up and find out what the answer is. But it strikes me when I listen to you talk about trust through transparency, which I love. I'm going to steal, but I'll give you credit Um, (laughs) or MITRE credit. Please don't sue me. Um, But I love this idea of like, I, I don't know, but I'll find out. Or we don't know, you know, very Rumsfeldian of us to say, we don't know, we don't know, but we're working on it. And we're going to find out. And once we do, we're going to present you with the issue so we can you know, so we can find a solution. That's, I, it sounds very elementary as we, we sit here and record this, but I mean, is, as I think about the enterprises I've been involved in, probably the ones you've been involved in, I mean, you know, it, it's certainly hard to employ sometimes
1: it is again you know our own egos get in, get in the way you know the what? The, the, the work <laughs> the trying to you know um, you've got that moment and you're trying to impress that c-suite leader you know you have got you know a, a very fleeting moment to to make that impact to to get that message across um, but it really does come down to you know the, to to being you know just that transparency and yeah. and and building that trust and confidence, um, you may not, you know, this conversation today may not go the way you want, but you've established the record that you're somebody that they can trust and rely on. And I guarantee you the next time you may just be invited into the conversation, you know, you not even have to wait to push your way into the conversation. And, and I've seen that in my own, you know, career, you know, um, Sometimes we we measure success, those moments by moments, but it really is building that trusted relationship that breeds success
0: over the long run. We'll get back to the conversation in just a moment. But first, I wanna tell you a little bit about OnTIC Center for Protective Intelligence. In the world of safety, security, and protection, we know that gathering and sharing information is crucial. That's why we created the OnTIC Center for Protective Intelligence. The Center is a trusted resource for those in security, safety and protection communities. We share strategies and best practices, insights on current and historical trends, and lessons learned through dialogue, discourse and alternative analysis from some of the industry's top practitioners. To find blogs, podcasts, webinars, white papers and more, check out the Center by visiting ontic.co/center. That's ontic.co Forward slash center. I love this idea of like, understand the audience, understand how to communicate. You know, I've heard these words before, like, be bright, be brief, be gone. You know, I don't necessarily <laughs> buy into that. Be smart, be measured, be calm. And then step away and be prepared to ask questions, I, I think is a better way to approach it. But I realize, you know, sometimes we, you know, we want to have these little quick witticisms that we can use, but not everything can be summed up into 180 characters, you know? Not at all. Um, Josh, I'm curious, you know, you and I have talked before about this idea of convergence, which, you know, this has popped up a lot more, I would say, in the last 24 months due to the... Uh, to the crises that we continue to see happening with, within the world. Um, and, you know, now we're facing economic uncertainty, which leads, uh, leads to um, uh, security groups, you know, losing funding, et cetera. So you you this idea of convergence is really kind of being thrust on us whether we want it or not. How do you, based on your experience and where you sit now at MITRE? When I say convergence," is it just some old, stale word that everybody used to use, or I mean, how are you considering that and thinking about that?
1: Yeah, uh, again, you know that's been kind of the sweet spot of mitre. Um, part of the reason why i've I've been with the companies for as long as I have because you know the convergence isn't just a you know bumper sticker. Um, it really is um you know what we what we eat and breathe um you know just the idea you know the company yes it's a cyber security company really even beyond that it's a systems engineering company you know looking at the process or the 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 actual system and and diagnosing and each of the parts and how they work together and, and how you build a new system or integrate systems together um that's convergence it's it's bringing everything to bear um Part of that has has been a natural flow. Some of that has been unnatural. Um, Some of that at time has been uh, expedited by organizational alignment. Uh, And then sometimes uh, that organizational realignment has undone some of that. Um, But you build those relationships. You build that trust. And and what I found is regardless of whether the organization forces the two entities to be together, work together or not, um, you find value in it and And sometimes you know, particularly in the security world um you know we're all considered uh costs uh yeah. whether we're in industry or in the government um you know we're not generating money for the company, and sometimes it can be perceived as a zero sum game right that 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 if if Chuck and I are supposed to work together. And at the end of the day, you know there's a limited pot of resources. well, you know I want the money to come to my team, not Chuck's team uh, and I think that you know that's the 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 struggle we face that is you know the what we have to be on guard against, but I really do believe that this convergence we can all look good and it doesn't need to be a zero sum game that we can all have a winning uh, outlook and make our bosses look good that that results in all of our organizations flourishing.
0: Yeah, uh, I agree completely. We you know, we you you're right. We have competing resources. Somebody once told me like every all this this plan is great until the humans get involved. Because humans we come up with our own bias, we come up with our own frail frailness, but we also are awesome individuals who can always rise up to the challenge. You know, the unprecedented amount of risk that is being uncovered. And that we see, I think, is forcing a lot, as you kind of alluded to, forcing organizations to get together, either A, because we realize that, as my wife might say, we have blind spots we need to cover, or, hey, guess what, we have economic cuts coming and y'all need to work together, so we have to get at it. I, I know... Josh had a, you know, uh, one time in an organization I worked at, you know, I, I had the ability to run a strategic intelligence team. And one of the things we talked to the physical folks about that we saw on the cyber side was the miter attack framework. And, you know, this idea of how can we use um, structured processes to come together and start looking at problems, understanding that, yes, this might be digital, this might be physical, this might be legal, this might be something else. But having that ability to come to the table, and again, I go back to how do we approach the problem from the same manner, gets us common operating uh, information, then, then gets us common operating language, which allows us, as you say, to go to our bosses and say, here's our common operating picture that you can make decisions from, you look great, and we're going to go back and continue to what we do. Can you talk a little bit about miter Attack and uh, framework and about how you've used, you know, different types of framework to to help manage uh risk intelligence
1: yeah absolutely you know i think the power of attack is just that because it is a framework that that everyone can understand you know it's transparent it lays it out there and folks see it and they're like oh okay i get it and and that's how you build that teamwork because you'd mentioned you know the bias that we bring to these things the different frameworks the different operating pictures And and as we're bringing different groups together, they're approaching the problems in different ways, but a framework like attack kind of level sets the field and enables us to talk on the same terminology about the same points and moving the same, you know, moving the ball forward together. Um, My, you know, Miters continues to advance that Um, we're getting ready or or have been putting out another framework called Mitre engage around uh, adversary engagement operations, very similar. Um, I've had a, chance to work a little bit with that team. And and we've talked about kind of integrating threat models into security operations, kind of the same idea. You know, I'm a huge fan, a huge proponent, Um, also coming from the protective intelligence world. You know, I likened it to that structured professional judgment. Um, It doesn't, it's not the magic eight ball. It doesn't give us the answer. And um,
0: everybody just said Josh just got like plus five for using structured professional judgment. So well done.
1: <laughs> you know, but at the end of the day, it's a repeatable, defensible process, and and as you know, we advance these frameworks. You know, we're able to ground it in science, um, and it enables mm-hmm. us to develop a consistency in communicating our outcomes, and and ultimately that leaves leads us to have better credibility with our leaders, and 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 builds confidence, you know, in our leaders with us. Um, So whether it's, you know, a a framework like ATT&CK or another framework, I I am a very huge proponent of those things, you know, particularly within this risk and intelligence and security, you know, uh, field.
0: Well, I mean, if you think about it, back in the day, and I purposely (laughs) use that voice maybe when we got started, We received information or intelligence because someone else was getting telemetry data, putting it together, doing an analysis. It would come to us, and then we'd kind of react to that and say, how are we going to change things? You flash forward, you think things like Moore's Law, how it might work beyond just computing to just risk, et cetera. Everybody is a telemetry point so the the rapid speed of which risk is manifesting and risk has to be reacted to whether you're you're doing um what we might have referred to as uh as reach back support on on a protective mission or whether you're someone that that's out on the more pointy end of things having to react immediately and I love this idea of like some type of structured analytical judgment because that framework allows us to repeat how we approach problems so we can get to potential solutions more quickly. And if we can do that together, then we can both monitor and react in good time. I know we like to say things like left a bang or left a boom, depending on what side of the fence you're on. But for me, it's just how quickly can we get beyond the flinch response, either as individuals or enterprises to get to the solution?
1: Yeah, and I think the faster we're moving, the more important it becomes and the more uh, teams and the more individuals involved, the more important it becomes. You know, I, I think I liken it back to, you know, I'm 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 working with my my uh, 11th grader and fifth grader on their math homework, and and you know the constant feedback from the teacher, and I remember it myself is, you know, you got the answer right, but you got to show the work behind it. Um, and, and and the power of that truth is that you know, yeah, we're able to do this in our head. But when things get going fast, that's when we make mistakes. But if we have a framework that we go back and check ourselves on and say, okay, yes, I'm on step three, and these are the five things I need to consider. Oops, I only considered four of them. I know to consider the fifth, but I'm just moving so fast, I skipped over it. And and having those frameworks to go back and check ourselves on, you know, that's how we control the biases. That's how we control the errors. And when we have a complex team and a complex problem, that just becomes incredibly more important.
0: You know what else that just made me think of? Something you said earlier. Why does the teacher ask you to show your work? Because they they need to trust that you're doing it and they need to see your work so they know you're doing it correctly. The more you do it, the more they trust you, the less you have to show. Same thing probably for leaders too. And we have this structure that we can go through that will help us show our work. And as you said, you know, logical, Repeatable, defensible, all things that are very important, but also in terms of helping tell the story. And at the end of the day, we're all storytellers and it helps us tell the story of how we arrive to the decision, you know, or how we arrive to figure out, hey, you know, you need the sword or you need the shield in this, and this is what we're going to recommend. So I I love that.
1: And and to bring it full circle, I I think that trusted advisor early on, you spent a lot of time telling that story going through the framework and the process and and very quickly they learn to trust that and you will find that over time they let they ask less and less about the process less and less about the details because they trust that you're using the framework and they're trusting the judgment and the outcome that you're bringing to them
0: yeah absolutely and i i was going to ask you like you know do you have any tips for um, helping discern or helping to um, give insights to senior leaders when you find them so that you can get to that trusted advisor. Obviously this is one way, but I mean, do you have any inside baseball tips and tricks?
1: I, I mean, I think this, the, the, the showing the work piece, you know, the, the transparency of it, Oh, this is how I got here. You know um, you know, I'm not claiming that I, you know, own the cur- the, the corner of knowledge and best judgment this this is the process that we do and i'm asking you to trust the process not just trust me right and and sometimes again we we get very caught up in ourselves and we take it as oh you know you, you know uh i'm a man of integrity so when i tell you this is you know something you need to worry about just trust it and and you know we're talking about billions of dollars you know major decisions um, you know, they want to uh, a little bit more than just your integrity to go off of. So, you know, don't take it personally.
0: <laughs> it also builds continuity. And I know, like you said, look, we're all humans. We're, you know, security professionals. But at the end of the day, you know, we, we might change jobs. We may go away. Something may happen. We may get switched out to another team. And the ability to have somebody else pick up the process without losing too much of the, um, uh, too much of of uh, of the background just means we you know we can get back up and running more quickly
1: absolutely absolutely uh, you know it should be plug and play anybody should be able to step in and say okay I see what Josh has done and this is what I need to do
0: Josh have you had any you know in your career have you had any major aha moments in terms of just uh, like experience experience wise, like, wow, I, you know, I, you know, we didn't see that coming or that, that, have you ever seen anything that truly you believe was a black swan?
1: Um, you know, event wise, you know, nothing surprises me. <laughs> you know, we're dealing with very,
0: <laughs> you, you are my friend, a security expert now. Cause you're like, nothing surprised me, uh, past the peanut butter.
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, we're dealing with very capable and very motivated adversaries. I mean, if we, we think, again, you know, that we uh, have the corner on uh, of the market on logic and great thinking. You know, we're just fooling ourselves. So, you know, a, a, as quickly as we adapt to the adversary and put out new protections, you know, they are equally adapting to our protections and coming out with the next uh, attack. Um, so I think it, it's constantly an, an evolution. Um You know, to me, that's what makes this career exciting as well. You know, every day is a different day. Every problem is a different problem. Uh, And I don't see any end in sight for that.
0: Yeah, I can remember a time when I I heard somebody talking about cyber air quotes and kind of pontificating, like, when will this be over? And, And thinking to myself, like, when? Man, that genie's out. It's never going back. Welcome to your concentric roller coaster.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, you just look at what's going on in the world today and, and, you know, it's not slowing down.
0: Well, so I guess, and I appreciate all the time that you've given us, but, you know, I do have to ask since I have you on the line and I don't often get a chance to to get someone like you on to ask like, and I often don't like to say like, what keeps you up at night? I think that's kind of an overused term, but I would say in this case, what are you seeing over the horizon you know what type of horizon scanning are you doing that maybe troubles you or you might say hey i might keep my eye on this
1: yeah i don't you know i think i'm kind of excited about again this partnership internally with our engaged team and this idea of you know planning and discussing adversary engagement and and how you can engage adversaries and achieve you know your your cybersecurity goals sometimes the best defense is a good offense, um, you know, and, and understanding, you know, where the adversary is. So again, that you can continue to um, learn from that and increase, you know, your capabilities and your confidence and your capabilities. And I think, you know, when we talk about things like that um, it it quickly bleeds over into the areas, you know, that I'm directly involved in. And, and when you think, you know, even some of the traditional security things like OPSEC, Um, and program protection and critical technology protection. um, How can we do that better? How, you know, uh, the adversaries are just coming after our unclassified research and technology. Um, And how do we protect those things? Because we don't have this giant, um, you know, classified apparatus. Um, It'll always be light and nimble. Um, So we've got to be very surgical and precise and um achieve you know credible results with you know minimal effort and footprint. um and I think that's you know the future, particularly for industry, certainly and in, and the government's realizing this. um, I think it's a wide open space um to really uh, come be creative and come up with some really innovative ideas,
0: yeah, I love that credible results with limited resources that's awesome. and Trust through transparency, also also another nugget. Um, Josh, I, I again, I, I want to say thank you so much for taking time in, um, out of your day and out of, uh, out of your organization to, to be on the OnTech Protective Intelligence podcast. I'm ready for round two, so you just tell me when you're ready, and I've got a whole other page of things that I want to talk to you about, my friend.
1: <laughs> Anytime. I'm glad to be here.
0: This episode was brought to you by the Ontic Center for Protective Intelligence. Learn more at ontic.co forward slash center. Again, ontic.co forward slash center. It was produced by A.J. McKeon. Our music track is called Monteverde Ride and was written by Brian Bristow and performed by Smoke and Novas. Check them out on Spotify. Please remember to rate and review our podcast on iTunes and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you have questions, we'd love to hear them. You can reach us at podcast or visit ontic.co forward slash center for more information. Thank you for listening.